0: lecture topic focusing on the heart alhamdulillah alhamdulillah wa kafaa was salatu was salam ala ibadihi alladhi nastafa amma ba'du fa a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim wa tarkanu ila alladhina 'alamoo fa tamassakum an-nar SadaqAllahu'l-Azim Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters, Allah has blessed us with the greatest wealth of Iman. And this Iman is the ticket to Jannah. There is no other way that a person can get to Jannah Without Iman, it is perpetual doom and destruction in Jahannam, everlasting. No end to it. We should have this very, very clear in our hearts and minds. We should be repeatedly saying this also and thinking about the reality of this especially in the times that we are in, where people are getting confused unnecessarily because they are exposing themselves to so many different things and their hearts and minds are becoming affected by the things that they are listening to, hearing because of the lack of proper knowledge so they become affected by all these things that they see and read So we should be very, very clear about this. So one is the heart of a mu'min is always concerned about the iman that Allah Ta'ala keep us progressing in the strength of iman. Allah Ta'ala grant us very, very firm and strong iman and keep us steadfast on this iman and take us on perfect iman. So one is that this foundation of Iman is fundamental. Without Iman, there is nothing, totally nothing. In terms of the strength of this Iman, like a person physically, when a person has a lot of strength, vigor, then the person can do a lot of things. The person who is physically strong can walk, can run, can carry some heavy items, can do a lot of work, many things are possible because the person has this physical strength. But if the person is sick or the person has become very old, very weak, feeble and frail and unable to now even walk easily unable to do things, so obviously it becomes very difficult. Now why is the person unable to do so many things? For years the person was able to do so much, now suddenly that's not possible because the person has become physically weak. So in dunya that is a standard thing that as life goes on, as people age, the same strength is no more there like it used to be 50 years before, 40 years before, a person has reached now the age of 70, 80, 90, some people... So obviously, it's not going to be the same. That happens in terms of the physical self. That the age, as the age gets advanced, the person's physical abilities, tend ability of the, the sight, how sharp somebody's sight might have been. Now with age, they now need glasses. Somebody could hear very, very sharp, very sharp in hearing, but with age now the person has reached 70, 80. Sometimes a person is hard of hearing. Somebody could speak very, very fluently and eloquently. Now the person has reached a certain age and a person battles to speak sometimes. People battle to walk, they can't walk so easily. All this happens. Physically the person starts waning. Salat Allah shows us this is the fanayat of dunya, the perishable nature of dunya. That things don't go continuously upwards Rather, Nabi ﷺ said everything has a peak and from its, whatever reaches its peak will start then coming down to the opposite end also. In the Quran Sharif Allah says وَمَن نُعَمِّرْكُمْ نُنَكِّسْهُ فِي الْخَلْقِ We then actually turn it around the other way. First the child grew up, the child was born, totally weak, couldn't do anything, then the strength came, then a the young person, and then it goes around after a while the other way around. This is as far as the physical self is concerned. But then there's the spiritual side. The spiritual side, there is no such system that is in place, that the person will reach a peak and will then start waning down. There are those who, mashallah, continuously keep progressing. The Iman keeps increasing. The strength of their Iman keeps increasing. The quality of their Iman keeps increasing. Because of how they conduct themselves, here and there they might sometimes slip up, but then they make such a Tawbah, they make such Istighfar, they make amends in such a way, that if before they were at a certain level, but then the extent of Istighfar and Tawbah and how deeply they turned to Allah Ta'ala, just for the sake of understanding it with an example, if they were at level 20, uh, or maybe say just say level 200, and the person uh, came down for some reason to level 195, but then they made so much of istighfar, so much of toba, so much of turning to Allah Ta'ala, so much of amal, that boosted them to 225. This is an example for us to understand, meaning the person now, mashallah, is still moving forward. And people continue, mashallah, till their last breath getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. Now that is the path that is wide open to progress in Deen and to continue progressing in Deen to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. Now who progresses in Deen in this manner? to the extent of love of allah taala in the heart to that extent a person will keep progressing why because when a person has that muhabbat for allah taala then he will have the muhabbat for that which allah loves and this is what we have been taught in the dua that mm-hmm. allahumma zukni hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amali yuqarribuni ila hubbik Allah grant me your muhabbat, grant me the muhabbat of those who you love, of those who love you, and grant me the muhabbat of a'mal, of actions, that will take me closer to you, that will make me reach you. So now when a person has the muhabbat of Allah, the muhabbat of a'mal will be there. And when the muhabbat of amal is there, then the person will look for every opportunity to try and do what he can. What's within his capacity, he will try to look for every opportunity. Somebody has an opportunity to say subhanallah once, they'll say it. Why should they let the opportunity go? Somebody has the opportunity to help someone, they'll help because this will bring one closer to Allah. Ta'ala. Somebody has the opportunity of saying some kind words, they'll say it because the kind words with the niyat of gaining Closeness to Allah Ta'ala with the niyat of ittiba of the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that will bring them closer to Allah Ta'ala and that muhabbat for Allah Ta'ala will drive them to do anything and everything they can to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. So now all the different amal, every day, every moment, there's something or the other that a person can be doing, even if it is sometimes so to say on a hearted note, he's just doing it. To bring happiness to somebody. So joking with someone, obviously within the limits that are allowed in Shariat. Why he's joking? So sometimes people joke, but there's no real purpose behind it. Just to have a fine time. So they'll joke around, they'll have a fine time, no problem. Provided they didn't cross any line, they didn't do something that was against Deen, didn't say anything sinful, Fine. But they didn't gain anything either. But then you'll get somebody who will have a correct intention in it. It's a light-hearted time that's carrying on within the limits of Shariat. But the niyat is to bring happiness to the hearts of those around. That also became a means of taqarrub ilallah, of getting closer to Allah. Ta'ala, because it's being done with the intention of emulating Rasulullah Wasallam. So now this is how simple it is to keep getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. Imagine a person is sitting with family, with friends, and having a small conversation, and is even having a light-hearted conversation, and joking with one another a little, all within the limits of Shariat, obviously. But that too is becoming a means of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. A person has enjoyed a delicious meal, But throughout that meal, every now and again the person was expressing shukar. The niyat is that this will become a means of nourishment and I will inshallah use that nourishment and strength to serve the deen of Allah Ta'ala, to make the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala, to do some good. Now the person is sitting and enjoying a delicious meal but that has become a means of taqarrub ilallah because this niyat is very very noble and it's been done within the limits that Allah Ta'ala has prescribed for us. It's been done in the sunnah manner. The manner of eating is in the sunnah way. Subhanallah, how easy our deen is. And how enjoyable our deen is. And now the person who has the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala will then want to do more and more. Want to do more and more. And... Whatever possibility is there, obviously sometimes we will read about the lives of the pious and we'll wonder that how did they ever manage to do this, this is beyond me. So we might not be able to match them in any way, but it will take us ahead of where we are. That zeal, that love of Allah Ta'ala will take us ahead of where we are. So what is the point is, that now we need to keep progressing in deen, in iman, because this is the safeguard of our iman. Because if a person does not keep progressing in Iman, then the Iman will weaken. And when the Iman weakens, then it's going to leave place for disease to set in. Like a person physically gets weak, then he's prone to disease. So likewise when the Iman weakens, then many diseases afflict the person. The disease of not guarding the gaze, for example, the disease of talking, nonsensical talk, the disease of backbiting, of lying, of mocking others, hurting their feelings, humiliating them, vulgar languages, the disease of getting into illicit chats, and haram, other types of haram, all this is disease. Now sometimes, that disease is not too serious and a person makes some simple effort to treat it and gets treated very easily and sometimes it starts becoming deep rooted. Now they say, oh this is a very big story now, it will need to go through many many processes. Now imagine at that time sometimes the person gets so weak, gets admitted to the hospital, they say no this is an ICU situation and then now they say no but the the disease has gone too far, and we're trying to treat it. But now, next thing, the person had another episode of some problem, and the person has passed away. In dunya, everybody's gonna pass away; nobody's gonna remain forever. That is not a disaster if a person left to the iman, That's the very great thing then. But spiritually, if the disease set in and a person starts getting weaker and weaker, and Allah forbid, it leads to spiritual death. And supposing that becomes the time of moth. So now a person has to leave dunya sooner or later, nobody is going to remain here forever. But now imagine that Iman became so weak, that in that moment of extreme weakness of Iman, something happened to such an extent that it led to spiritual death. And that became the time of moth as well. What's going to come out on the tongue of such a person What's going to be in the heart of such a person? What's going to be the manner in which such a person is going to leave this dunya? Is going to meet Allah Ta'ala? What kind of heart we're going to go into the qabar with then? And the way a person passes away, that's how he's going to be raised on the day of Qiyamad. What kind of heart we're going to be raised with on the day of Qiyamad? So these are very, very serious questions which we need to ask ourselves. Shaitan puts in our hearts and minds, must cross that bridge when you come to it. Now, can we imagine sometimes that a person is already on the bridge, but he doesn't know it. That's the only difference. And now Shaitan is still saying, must cross that bridge when you come to it. But we sometimes don't even know we already put the first step on that bridge. It might be another few steps more and we're in the middle of it. Then we're already crossing it. And now it's too late to now think of anything else. The point is that moth does not come to a person when somebody wants it to come or has allowed it to come. Moth comes without any permission being required from anybody. It comes on its appointed time and the person is ready or not ready, you have to carry on. You are taken by force. You are not given an option. We all are going to face the same thing. That our time will come, we have no choice, we have to move and it comes sometimes so suddenly a person doesn't have any prior knowledge it doesn't look at age, health, financial position, whatever it might be the time has come, the person is gone so now we have to prepare for that now this is a very critical moment, the time of moths what's in the heart at that time is what's going to come to the fore and if in the heart is the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, which was now taking a person towards Amal, and making the person make a lot of effort in that direction, what's going to come at the time of Maut is also going to be very similar. It's going to be things that are going to link one to Allah Ta'ala. For example, Allah Ta'ala loves tremendously humility. And when a person has humility in his heart for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, Allah ta'ala loves this. This is very greatly loved by Allah. Ta'ala. Now, when that is in the heart, obviously with Iman, now at the time of moth also, it will be the same thing that will come. Now Allah loves this tremendously, and at the time of moth also, this comes forth. So, how much Allah loves such a person? Hazrat Umar ibn Khattab ta'ala, is in his last moments. Somebody comes. <coughs> And they are praising him because he was stabbed and while performing the Fajr Salah one fire worshipper rushed in and stabbed him. So he was now very seriously wounded and it was obvious that he is not going to survive this. So it was his last now. And now people are coming and they offering some words of condolence and whatever. One person comes and he is praising Hazrat Umar ibn Khattab And the response that Umar gives after this person says a few things, he says, look, if I just come out just fair and square, meaning even if I don't get any reward, but if this much only happens, that Allah doesn't take me to task for anything, that too I'm happy with. That I'm not taken to task for anything. That I'm not questioned about anything that was done that was not in order. Now he's Umar ibn Khattab r.a. He is that personality who Rasulullah wasallam said, that if there was a Nabi after me, it would be Umar. And so many virtues among the Ashara and Mubashara, person who got the glad tidings of Jannah while walking on earth. But now this is his Khashiyat. This is his Tawazu, And he is concerned. What happens is that the great people and people who are closer to Allah Ta'ala, they are always looking at their weaknesses, or regarding themselves as weak. And when a person is not high up there, then he thinks of himself as high. Then he talks about himself accordingly like that. I, I did this, and I am able to do that. To do that. And such a person looks towards his achievements, so-called achievements. I did this also, did this also, can't you see my wall, all filled up with so many frames all my achievements and look at all the other things, the whole showcase is all filled up with this and that and the other. There's no harm if somebody was awarded something but that's not for a show of the whole world. If somebody was awarded something it was meant as an encouragement but that's not something to boast about. It's not something to make a display of. Now people who are great people that one small little error somewhere might have happened, their whole gaze is fixed on that. But I slipped up there, and uh, you know, I might have said something which hurt the person's feelings, or I something to slip up a little, that small minor slip up somewhere, but that will be where the gaze will be fixated. That is what will be consuming their attention. Why? Because the higher people get, that the more they become concerned about, did they really please Allah Ta'ala. And therefore their entire attention is on some weakness that might have happened somewhere, small thing to a minor thing also. And when a person is far away, he doesn't see any weakness. All he can see is some achievements. But I did this also, and I did that also, and I did that also. This is the difference. Allah Had- Taala. Just one small little change in the condition of his heart, meaning not finding the same level of enthusiasm and zeal of Iman that he found in the company of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he came home, obviously there's going to be a difference now he was so consumed by this he passed the fatwa of Nifaq against himself Naafaqa Hanzala Hanzala has become a Munafiq Great people Look at small errors that they make also, and they feel this is a big issue, now. I need to, how, when is it going to be sorted out, or I hope this got cleared up, Let will make Toba again, Istighfar again. So, as Umar ibn Khattab ta'ala, is also that level of personality. Now, despite having, subhanallah's achievements being so great, but his mind is still consumed by, but what if I'm taken to task for something. So that's the only thing that he is now concerned about. Allah Ta'ala must save me from getting, that I get taken to task. Hazrat Aisha Siddiqah radiallahu ta'ala is in the last days, last moments of life. And somebody comes, Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu ta'ala and he is saying some words of praise that you are the noble wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, And so many things he mentions about her. She says, Wa Anni Kunto Nasyamansya How I wish I was a forgotten thing. Like how on the day of Qiyamah, even the animals will be told Kunu Turaba. Any things that we're without life are just forgotten about. In other words, I won't have to face any accountability then. It was all just a forgotten thing. Now this was out of their tawazu and the, it speaks volumes about how great they were. And at such a time, this is what's coming through. Now all this brings to us this very important thing, that look what's in the heart, is what's going to come in the end of time, end of our time. When the time comes to depart from dunya, what is going to be in the heart, is what's going to come at that time. The consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, khashiyat, tawazu, this is filled in the heart, muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, and to the greater the extent of muhabbat, likewise the person is concerned. That I must not displease my beloved. Now all this comes to the fore. Yes, there is great hope as well. But there is concern at the same time. And when a person is now in this condition, Allah then takes a person in a wonderful way then. Now what is the sum total of all this? The sum total of all this is what's in the heart. What is in the heart? That is going to speak at the time of moth that is what's going to come out in the qabr, when the person is asked the questions, "Man rabbuk, وما dinuk, وما تقول fi Who is your Rabb? What is your Deen? What is in the heart? That's going to speak. So if the person truly attached oneself to Allah Ta'ala, obeyed Allah Ta'ala's commands, followed Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then the answers will be accordingly. But if the life was a different life, Then the answer will be different. So now, this is what we need to think about. What is in my heart? Meaning, where is my heart attached? Is it attached to Allah Ta'ala? Now, just to understand it, definitely, without doubt, 100%, every Mu'min has attachment to Allah Ta'ala. Otherwise, there's no Iman. If there's zero attachment, then there'll be zero Iman also. So, undoubtedly, Every mu'min has a degree of attachment and muhabbat for Allah Ta'ala. But the question is, what is dominant in our hearts? This is certainly there. But if the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala is dominant, then alhamdulillah. Summa alhamdulillah. But if something else is dominant, then that's a very dangerous position. Extremely dangerous. Now just to... Just to touch on one or two things, people get caught up in sports. One is sport, one one point is, occasionally somebody now, they just play some some kind of sport, so to say, within obviously no no laws of Sharia being trampled in any way. Uh, Now, just to take a simple example now, somebody is playing some little bit soccer in their backyard. Now Some youngsters are playing some soccer in their backyard now. So now, oh somebody is playing some volleyball now in their backyard. So, they just to refresh themselves a little bit. No laws of deen are being trampled in any way. And just for a short while, they did something to just freshen up. No problem. But where this obsession now, that people start following sports stars, they are glued to sports events, they're sitting in some other part of the world, Something is happening in another distant end of the world, and but their whole heart and mind is in that. And then there's admiration for players of these sports, and generally, who are these players? People who don't have iman. They are probably perpetually in a state of janabat. Many their habits are drinking, and womanizing, and some are well, whatever other haram they're involved in. Now they become heroes. They become heroes. What is, what does that mean? When a person is admiring such a person for his so called skill, whatever that skill might be, he or she, the so called skill, that skill is so futile, can't even call it any kind of skill, but nevertheless. But what, but now that person is admired for that. Now people start following. So what is, what does this mean? It means that the attachment and the love has come in the heart for that sport, for that person. Now this is a very dangerous thing. It's an extremely dangerous situation. There have been these kind of instances where a person, there is no time to get into the incidents but we had discussed some of these things many, a long time ago. One that comes to mind very briefly, this was an incident happened in, in, in the UK, one, one mother wrote to some alim and she's asking that email, she's asking whether she should regard her son having passed away on Iman. Can we imagine this question? She wants to know now can she regard her son having passed away on Iman. Now he passed away, he was buried etc already, but this is something is troubling her. Was he a Mu'min or not? Now why? She's asking the question. Now the whole story, the crux of it was this fellow was a football fanatic and his room also he got all these things things pasted all over the place and then there was a particular player that he was very, very that he really had admiration for and was his hero so to say. Long and short of it is he got very sick and he ended up in hospital, he was hospitalized. Now, even in hospital he wanted the television on and he's following some matches that have been played and so on and so forth. And then one day, now the nurse is giving the mother the updates. Because this boy passed away in hospital, the parents were not there. So the nurse is saying that he suddenly sat up one day. That day he passed away, when he passed away, he just suddenly first sat up. And he sat up, he was very sick, but he just sat up. And then he started shouting aloud. He's shouting, I love, and the name of that so-called sporting hero of his some disbeliever and several times he said I love so-and-so and he's talking about this disbeliever person with kuffer in his heart and he's saying I love so-and-so I love so-and-so several times and he passed away now that was his soccer hero he took that person's name several times and he passed away now every man is so concerned at the time of moth i must go with the kalima i must go on iman now a person at that time goes expressing love for a disbeliever expressing love for a person who was probably perpetually in a state of janabat expressing love for a person who had no attachment to allah taala no attachment to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and now this person leaves the world expressing attachment for such a person. Allah knows best what was the halat of the Iman of that person but now this became a very big worry and concern for the mother and now she's asking this question. Now whatever the answer was Allah but the point is that's not the discussion right now the discussion is anybody hears this it makes their heart cringe and the dua that would be in the heart is Ya Allah save us from such a situation Allah, we must leave this dunya expressing our muhabbat for you by saying la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah, expressing our our loyalty to you and our following and loyalty to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah, that's how we want to leave this dunya. Now, if that's how we want to leave this dunya, then we have to keep checking what's in our hearts. What is in our heart? Are we admiring all these kind of Falling stars, broken stars, dirty, filthy so-called stars. Now this was just one example that was given of some football f- star, whatever so-called. But there's so many across the board things that we are being bombarded with, people are bombarded with through their phones and through billboards and this and that and the propaganda that carries on through the media and what not. And somebody gets caught up in one thing and somebody in something else and somebody a third thing. And these things become idols in the heart. These things become idols in the heart and now people are following that person or that thing and whatever. Allah Ta'ala save us, Allah save us that at the time of moth, this comes to the fore. And when moth is going to come, we have no idea. Will it come tomorrow? No, we can't even say it will come maybe at least tomorrow. We have no idea for today. We have no idea for now. So we have to check our hearts, repeatedly check our hearts, look deep down from time to time. What am I admiring? I'm admiring somebody who is a disbeliever who could do something or which I thought was a very fancy thing to do. Or for that matter, take it a little further whose lifestyle I admire? Do I admire Nabi Sassam's lifestyle? Or am I admiring the lifestyle of people who are devoid of Iman who don't have any haya and that is why they dress in such a shameless manner? Am I admiring their lifestyle? Their manner of dressing? Their kind of clothing? Their inscriptions on their clothing? Their style of tight fitting clothing? And revealing clothing? And all these things, is that what I love? So now, at the time of moth, if this comes to the fore, who's going to be in front of me then? In my heart and mind. And I'm going to leave this dunya admiring who? And whose lifestyle? Who am going to be close to on the day of Tiyamat then? These are things for us to ponder over, to think about. And when we will ponder over it repeatedly, this pondering is an extremely important aspect. Now we've discussed so many things. But if we leave it here, and we then say, well fine, we heard it, spoke about it, that's it. Then it is like having eaten some food, but didn't digest it. So it's not digested, it's not going to give the nourishment. Now we've digested it, but, I mean we've eaten it, we chewed it, but now we have to digest it. And the manner that will bring about the, the process of digestion for the spiritual food, is sitting and pondering, thinking, what I've heard, what I've spoken, now I need to think about it. What's in my heart? Where my inclinations are? What am I more inclined towards? What do I feel much more my heart moving in that direction? I need to now, is this something which Allah is pleased with? Is this taking me closer to Allah? Or is it taking me in the opposite direction? If it's taking me in the opposite direction very dangerous, I need to make Tawbah immediately, I need to start loving what Allah loves, I need to start loving what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam loves, then this will bring me closer to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala full our hearts with his muhabbat, with the muhabbat of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala save us from all the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, the ways of the Kuffar and things that bring us closer to them, their lifestyle, their activities, their heroes and all these things allah taala save us from all this allah taala make our hearts filled with the admiration for the sahaba for rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the sahaba ikram the awliya of the ummah allah taala bring us closer to them wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahirabbil alamin allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakash shukru kulluhu allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama nafsik يزى الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب امورنا بالخير بيدك الخير انك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قرة اعين وجعلنا للمتقين اماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الابرار ربنا واعطنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة انك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله واسحابه جمعين والحبر.